Welcome everyone to Grow With Purpose, where we speak to entrepreneurs, professionals, specialists of all different fields to hear their story and how they are creating impact in the world. And today we are so fortunate to be joined by a financial expert who is helping people to change their lives, change their family lives by understanding finances more, by improving their financial literacy, by making smart investments and getting the right knowledge that they need to improve their lives and the lives of everyone around them. Thank you so much, Adeola, for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so great to hear. It's just to have you here and I'm looking forward to the conversation. And really, I really want to just start with what is it about the world that you're in and the work that you do that is so fulfilling to you? Okay. Well, I always get excited when I have to talk about money. And mm. that's obviously why I'm in the financial space. Mm. Um, so I've always been a financial literacy enthusiast. Okay. I mean, we all spend money. Everybody mm. wakes up and they're chasing the dollar, right? Mm. And yet not many people really know how money works. Not many people are comfortable talking about money. Not many people are vulnerable when it comes to their finances. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why not make it some household gist? Make talking about money fun. Let people know that it's not as complicated as it is. And if people are winning financially, it affects every other area of their lives, right? It makes them feel more confident. It helps to open more opportunities. helps to improve their life. So um, money is a very significant part of our life, whether we like it or not, right? So we can't always share, um, shy away from the topic. I just wanted to make talking about it easier, make people understand that they can have control over their money. They can be in charge and they could secure their future. So it's fulfilling to see that, okay, somebody has learned about how they could budget, how they can get out of debt, how they can start investing. And because of that, their finances is better. They have peace of mind mm-hmm. and they're, they're securing their future and that of their generations to come. It's just, it's just so <laughs> exciting. Amazing. Amazing. I think, it's so great. And I'm sure your clients have probably had this experience of they meet you and they can feel how excited you are just about the topic. Right. Oh, yeah. I think for me, it makes it so easy to even continue this conversation because <laughs> I know that I'm going to learn so much and I'm going to learn so much, not just about finances, but also about your story. And even on the topic of your story, how did you, where did this interest for financial literacy really come from? Okay, so if we're going down, down, down the um, to the origin, I think it was just when I was a child, I had seen a book in my dad's library. It says, The Richest Man in Babylon. Before yeah. that, I always read storybooks and novels and all that. Mm-hmm. But that caught my attention. And I'm like, okay, let's see. And that was like my first financial literacy book. It was simple and easy to understand. And mm-hmm. it just made me a lot interested in saving in investing and building wealth. Right. So since then, I'd, that sparked my interest in the subject of finance and um, financial literacy in general. And then um, I went ahead to school to study microbiology, <laughs> right? <laughs> because I really wanted to be a medical doctor, but mm. then I didn't get into medical school. So I got admission to microbiology and spent four years doing that. But after school, I realized that uh, uh, I didn't <laughs> like being in the lab. 
I didn't like looking through the microscope either. Yeah. And so I switched. Um, okay. I switched into the world of insurance and finance and went for another like postgraduate course. It was just for one year. And I found that I really enjoyed it. So I've been in financial services for over a decade since way back home in my mm -hmm. home country, Nigeria, right? And then on Kesson to Canada, which was in 2019, because of the subject I'm very excited about, I didn't want to switch. I didn't want to change um, yeah. course. I wanted to continue in the space. Mm -hmm. And I saw the opportunity because everything was different. It was not business as usual. And so I wanted to learn how money worked in Canada, how the financial space worked. I wanted to understand those complex terminologies. And then while doing that, I thought, oh, there are many people like me who are immigrants who don't understand this thing. Yeah. So why not teach it to them? Why not yeah. share it with them? So as I learned, I found, I found outlets to also teach people. And that's, that's how we came about wow. today. so that's just a brief overview what an what an amazing story to think that it it's the spark started just from a book right? oh, yeah. and i think you know when we even think about the conversation of money and finances at home right it's always been a taboo topic of you know you only speak about money when you're older when you need to manage it exactly right? but then yeah. how was it for you how was your experience and what was the relationship with your family and money when you were younger? Okay. Um, so I'll say that I grew up with a pretty um, good background. <laughs> like oh, we had everything we needed, maybe not everything we wanted, but mm -hmm. we had things we needed. I knew that well, my dad, my parents were quite good with money. And of course, that's mm -hmm. why he had those kind of books okay. yeah. in his library in the first place. And you know, while we were kids, we had pocket money, even when we were still living in the house. So they kind of gave us like um, a particular amount each month, according to how old we were. Yeah. And you were supposed to manage that and not need money for any other thing. So it was supposed to take care of our transportation to school, yeah. school snack and all that. But they gave us that money in the at the beginning of the month. Mm. And you see, um, sometimes it runs out. And I later found out that it wasn't supposed to last through the month, but they just wanted to see how long we could manage that resources before Amazing. coming to say, um, daddy, I need to go to school when my pocket money is finished, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but then having my own money at that age, and of course having that knowledge, you know, there was one thing that stuck with, to, with me from that book, The Richest Man in Babylon was, um, a tenth of what you earn is yours to keep. So I just had that pocket money as my earnings at that time. And mm -hmm. I always kept a portion of it. And so by the end of the year, I was richer than all my siblings. <laughs> that felt really good. And yeah. that just started that culture. So after I graduated and I started hurling from, we have this youth cup um, national service that we do, mm -hmm. um, NYSC. I still kept a portion of my money. And the time I started earning, I kept a portion of my earning. So having that savings accumulated and then learning ways to multiply it. Mm -hmm. It just felt so good to feel financially secure, right? Wow, amazing. And I, I love that you did that so young, though. Yeah. Right? And I think, so how, how do you think that that helped you? Because I know for myself, 
right? That I naturally am such a curious person that I will look online, I will read books, you know, as you, as you just mentioned, is when mm-hmm. my parents also were big readers. And so we had all these books in the library and stuff. And sometimes I would just go and pull things. And then that's when my curiosity came and that kind of shaped how I go about things, how I look at mm-hmm. money and everything. And so mm-hmm. what benefit do you think that it had for you to start so young? Because I know that many people around me, even younger, never had that opportunity. And it's only much later when they're in their 30s that they're like, oh, wow, I mm-hmm. need to save. Mm-hmm. I think one major thing is it helped shift my mindset about money. It just mm-hmm. helped build that money psychology so that even from the lead to the fact that I had money that my age mates didn't have. Yeah. There was this confidence, this financial security that I had, right? And then um, going through the university now, like I just had more than enough. So Mm -hmm. even I didn't have to depend on people. I didn't have to, I still got regular pocket money from home though, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was never broke. That's the word. The fact that I was never in a situation where I, I was in need of money, just mm-hmm. helped to shape that my money mindset just made me feel like wealth is achievable wealth is normal like it's, all, it's 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 okay to be comfortable to be rich it's not a big deal okay yeah. so it became it became just normal to me to always have extra to always have money in savings i mean even when i started earning well when i started working uh, the portion of my money that goes into savings and investment is deducted at at source before entering into my account. I didn't even want to see it. I don't see it as part of my pay. And you know, all those things added up, added up. When you want to immigrate to a country like Canada and you're coming as a permanent resident, you're required to have some huge pool of funds. Yeah. And then you see all that savings, investing, accumulation made it easier to just have all that and mm-hmm. be able to do every other thing. So Apart from the money mindset, there's also this peace of mind, this financial security that makes you feel like, okay, I'm covered. <laughs> no matter what happens um, mm-hmm. on the financial part, part of things, I'm covered. And I think it just makes a lot of sense to start when you're mm-hmm. young because you have your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. And so you can take advantage of compound interest at, um, longer. You get to understand and make certain mistakes early enough mm-hmm. when you're not making so much yet. So that when you start making more money, you don't make the same silly mistakes. Absolutely. It just builds your experience over time, helps you to take advantage of the market for longer, helps you to understand um, trends. It just puts you ahead starting earlier. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And I, and I think what you touched on a bit is how the, the confidence that you had with your finances started to also go into just your life in general. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think that's something that I had to slowly discover is that finances and your life are not separate things. And to not look at them like, oh, okay, my finances or my business or my work is something like that, is that they affect each other. Yes, so they do. How, how, yeah, no, so how, how has that confidence that you've had with your finances even helped you with how you approach relationships, how you approach family life? How has that helped yeah, it also builds a lot of self-confidence and independence. Mm-hmm. You know, you a lot of people, if we're being very sincere, especially people who are women, um, they 
kind of think uh, money is boy stuff, money is yeah. the man stuff, the man should undo all that. And um, so they don't really have a lot of knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. So um, having all that knowledge has helped me to um, set some boundaries. Like nobody mm -hmm. can just run over me because they feel like um, I'm depending on them for mm -hmm. money. You know, when people are dating, there's always this mentality of you're, Ex ex exchange romance or sexual favors for money. That's mm -hmm. what the girl has and the guy has that. <laughs> that doesn't work on my own street. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I helps to maintain a high level of standard, a high level of integrity. Nobody just wants over you just because you're disadvantaged or you're in a um, poor position and they feel mm -hmm. like you, they need to give you something you have to give them something in return you know it helped a lot when i was growing up and um when i was an, a young adult and then also it also helps to get that respect when they finally when i finally got married i'm able to advise my spouse on mistakes that would have cost us a lot of money right yeah. it helped us to make better financial decisions as couples just that confidence that it just helps to make a lot of things that would have been complicated a lot straighter. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, I really don't want us to go away from that topic of confidence because it trickles into everything we do. And even with entrepreneurs that we have within our community, we find that sometimes when they have that difficulty to speak about money or to even approach the topic of money, it's because of a lack of confidence. And so even when on the topic of investing as in whether you're a business owner or an individual, right? How do you go about like what is the steps and the process that you have for investing in, in general? Okay. Um so when it comes to investing, it's always like um different strokes for different folks. For me, I am very aggressive. I'm a very aggressive invest investor. So I don't do a lot of conservative stuff. I take a lot of risk, although calculated risk. Absolutely. And I think it's all boils down to the mindset. I just don't feel so attached and emotionally attached to my money. I know mm -hmm. that, okay, if we take this risk, this is how much returns I'm going to get back. And okay. if it goes south, this is how much I'm going to lose. Am I able to cope with that? Am I able to take care of that? So I'm a little bit aggressive when it comes to investing. Um, but then I also diversify a lot. Okay. So I have monies in different vehicles. I have some in the stock market as stocks from my favorite companies. Mm. I know there was a time I didn't want to get an expensive phone because i wanted to get the share in the company first like i wouldn't buy apple <laughs> i would buy an iphone if i didn't have apple stocks yeah you know, that was just like kind that. of like, that I feel like i was patronizing myself once i got the stock so i could <laughs> spend confidently i just didn't want yeah. to be a consumer i wanted to be an investor so i i mm -hmm. have a couple of stocks so i trade in the stock market i don't do day trading though i have a long-term perspective um, mm -hmm. So I'm not like buying, doing forex yeah. and stuff like that. But I own shares of companies that I like and that I feel like have very good prospects into the mm -hmm. future, especially tech stuff. And I, I also do a couple of real estate investing. Um, back home, there were lots of options. But here, the options are a little bit lesser than we had back home. So taking mm -hmm. advantage of 
cool policies that we have in Canada, like permanent life insurance is also another way to save and invest. So I basically just diversify in my budget, whatever amount of my total income is to go towards investing. I have it in different levels of risk and um, it's been so far so good. Oh, that, that's great to hear. And, you know, I really want to echo this to our audience of she's an aggressive investor, but there's a small caveat that she put is a calculated risk. Oh, yeah. Right. And knowing not why to get rich, quick rich stuff. No, no. Amazing. Calculated, sensible risks. <laughs> Incredible. And I think that even spews into when you go into the life of business in general. So in terms of business, what are the calculated risks that you have taken and what type of results have you gotten from that? Okay. Um, well, this is exciting. So when I got into Canada newly, I got into Canada in 2013, 2019, October, mm-hmm. October, 2019. It's about four years now. And um, I observed the space and I was like, wow, when it came to returns on investment, it was really, really ridiculously low compared to what I was doing back home. Mm. And that was like a shock because I thought, okay, everything in Canada should be better, right? Yeah. But then the interest rates were really low and that got me really curious. How do Canadians grow money? How do people make money around here? How do people yeah. multiply their money, right? So that sent me into some ultimate search mode and um, exposed me to some cool financial products that I could take advantage of. Right. But then um, as a as a newcomer, we were trying to settle mm-hmm. and then shortly after COVID hit. Right. And everything fell apart. <laughs> the yeah. center could no longer hold. But having that um, mindset of taking risks, mm-hmm. I there were options. But I wanted to go into business as an independent financial advisor. And that was crazy because you're just coming from Nigeria. Who knows you? How are you going to get your... I mean, I know a lot of people were close to me. I said, if this was when we were back home, I know you would kill it totally. But, you know, doing it here and now, um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. it's a good or smart decision. But being the very stubborn and risky person that I am, <laughs> I just thought, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So... I basically didn't have a plan B when I started my financial advice year. I went in full time okay. and I understood all the risks. But going in full time at a time at a year like um, twenty twenty actually yeah. became a blessing Amazing. because now I'm talking about financial. I'm talking about life insurance. A lot of people were dying all around the world. Um, young holds, <laughs> dark, yeah. all sorts of people. It didn't spare no kind of persons Mm -hmm. so having the conversation with people people were more receptive to securing their lives to protecting their family and getting life insurances and all the financial products right and so i just kept on going 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 and that kind of blew up my business right from the first year right so that's one thing about me. I burned my bridges so I don't have options. So when I was going to start, I was like, is either this works okay. or it works? There was yeah. no plan B. And I'm glad that I did that because it just catapulted me and sent me many, many miles ahead than okay. if I was doing that with another job on the side and I'm distracted. And I, you know, I just feel like yeah. being bold, being able to take risks. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you have control of your finances, the little we were earning that because my husband was still working. 
I just made sure that all our expenses, everything we needed was was covered covered by that. So Mm -hmm. mine was just going to be extra, right? Mm -hmm. As long as we lived within our means, there was no pressure not to take risks. Yeah. I, I wasn't feeling like let's just stay safe. Let me just go get this job so that we can I can support mm-hmm. whatever it was earning had to be enough for everything we needed money for at that mm-hmm. time. And then so I had time to focus on my business and take um spend more time, be more creative, be more innovative, and it all yielded a lot of dividends because by the end of my first year, if you're familiar with my story, I'd made like two hundred and fifty thousand dollars as a newcomer. Ooh. In a COVID year, I, it was crazy, but, yeah. but it happened. Yeah. Wow, what a story and and what a role model you are. I think, right? I and I know we didn't touch on it too much, right? But we cannot ignore that you are a black woman that has moved countries, left Nigeria, came to Canada, and opened a business and said full time, I'm going to do it. Right, that is absolutely incredible. But I think again, I'm going to bring it back is that it was a calculated risk you took, right? As you mentioned, the small things that you said, of course, first, I need to make sure that our expenses are covered before mm-hmm. I do any of that. So it's mm-hmm. not that you just went into it and said, you know what, I'm not going to think about these things now to start my business. There was a lot of thought that went into taking that huge risk. So I, I, I really like that a lot. And so with all the success that you have right now and that you've been getting, where is your brand going and what's the plan for the brand and how are you going to help more people? Okay, I like that question as, as well. Like my biggest motivation for becoming successful is to help other people to become successful as well. Yeah. Right. So um, the brand, the future is definitely very bright and colorful. But I, I, I hope to be able to teach, to coach, to inspire and motivate more people, especially people like me mm-hmm. who feel who already have some kind of stereotypes. So when you come to a new country, yep. you have to settle for some low-income jobs. You have to settle for this and settle for that. Just to make people know that whatever your knowledge is, whatever your skills are, whatever your experiences are, your expertise, you still have mm-hmm. them with you. The only thing that changed is your location. And yeah. This country, Canada, is land of opportunities. If you're able to, what I leverage on, apart from, is my knowledge, my prior knowledge mm-hmm. about finance, my, my my experience with talking to people, public speaking and stuff like those were skills that I had before I came here that I continued to exploit just in a different way, right? So reaching more people, encouraging them to, be themselves in their new in their new country to exploit who they were, not to throw away all that or um, um, lose their uh, self-confidence. Yeah, no, yeah, just coming back, doing what you know how to do best, reaching out to people, changing lives with your gifts and talents. It will go a long way because here your opportunities can be expanded just because you're in the right environment. Mm-hmm. You're able to attract people. I mean, right? So the, the the dream is to be able to help many more people become successful, many more people to leverage on their talent, on their skills, on their knowledge, to reach more people, to make more positive impact. So I intend not only to be in the finance space, but mm-hmm. I know I, I I have a thing of I have a thing for like public speaking, transformational speaking as well. So I hope to get on bigger stage like TEDx, 
Like, you know, just reach millions and encourage mm-hmm. them and inspire them with my story. I love it. I love it. I love everything you just said. And, you know, you even went into something I was about to ask you, right? Which would have been like, what's your advice to people who want to start their own business and entrepreneurs that also want to get into that space? Oh, yeah. So I wouldn't sugarcoat it and say that, oh, it is easy. You just hey. get in and you're making six figures in your first year. Not yes. Yet. It's not very easy, but it's not, it's not, it's not impossible, right? Your work is not easy, but you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So just have that um, self-confidence, believe in yourself, believe in that opportunity you're trying to pursue. Do your checks, do your, do your research. Is it worth it in the long run? The people who have been doing it um, 10 years, five years, one year, how are they like, how are they coping? Is this, is it a viable opportunity? Do you have a good product or service? Do you have a good um, um, audience or people who need what you're trying to sell? You know, just do all that visibility yeah. study and research and be convinced in your heart that, okay, this is it. And then take massive action. Do all that you're required to do. Fire all the pistons. Get into it and put your heart into it. No matter what it is, you will succeed if you're persistent or consistent enough. And of course, bring your full self into it. Mm-hmm. I say it a lot of times. I represent a lot of financial product, um, services companies because I recommend their products to my clients. But one thing that I've heard over and over from them is that they buy me first. So it's whatever you recommend that, like that we're going to get. So it's yeah. not about the products or the companies. It's just about you. Um, your your work ethic, your mm-hmm. level of integrity, and just just believe in yourself and do the work. Once you put in the work, you would get the reward. That's how the universe works. That's why whoever does it gets the reward as long as you're doing long enough. And giving up is never an option, right? <laughs> so if you've not gotten to yeah. where you're getting to, then it's not time to stop. You mm-hmm. only get to stop after you get there. So. Keep on going and don't give up. And surely you're going to reap the rewards and your business would boom. Incredible. It's just like that. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, Deola, thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you shared with us and, and to our audience, right? As she mentioned, let's, let's remain persistent, consistent. And I think something that I've been trying to embrace more and more is to really show up as your full self. Right. And I want to add on to that, not just showing up as your full self, but as when I say full self, it's not who people expect you to be or who people Mm -hmm. know you to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's who you want to show up. If you're not happy with the person that you are right now, how you are showing up, it is completely in your control to change that. Change it. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so, Adiola, thank you so much for the conversation, for the advice, for the motivation, right? For even a bit of the laughter. I appreciate you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. I absolutely had fun doing this. And the fact that I didn't have any prior knowledge on what I'm going to be quizzed on, it was just exciting, actually. I love challenges. So, yeah, it was a pleasure spending this time with you. Uh, thank you so much. Hey, and thank you so much to our audience for joining us. On Go With Purpose, it's been a pleasure to have Adeola here with us. And I hope you all re-listen to this right, and spend time to even reach out to her. So Adeola, if people want to connect with you, to work with you, and to just be inspired by you, how can they connect? 
Okay, so I'm always available via my social media platforms. And of course, you can send me a personal email at hello at adeolamonofi.com. That's my email address. But then I go by adeolamonofi on my Instagram. Username is Coach, So you could get some financial insights via that channel. I also have a YouTube channel as well that goes by adeolamonofi. I'm adeolamonofi on LinkedIn and Facebook and basically all the social media platforms so you can always reach out to me with any questions you have around personal finance and business in general and i'll be happy to help incredible so you've heard it here right money savvy coach if you can't find that you can search up her name adeola monofi if you can't find that you can email her at hello <laughs> at monofi.com is that correct Yes, that's very correct, Sasha. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for everyone joining us. Thank you, Adeola. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.